Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside, again, from Milwaukee, the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by our live NBA draft show. It's going to have Chad Ford, Raphael, Raphael Barlow, John Corrales. They're all going to be there covering the NBA draft live on July 29th at 7 p.m. You can follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch the live coverage of the NBA draft there. But we don't care about the NBA draft right now, Frank. The Bucks are NBA champions. It is currently 4.30 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon. We normally record a hell of a lot later than this. Uh, I, I think it, it worked in both of our favor to do this a little bit earlier today. I've been following your social media very closely, Frank. I'm not sure how much sleep you've actually had. I think you were just on a work call. I have no idea what's going on with your life, but I imagine right now you also don't really care. <laughs> well, first off, th- did you say that I was I was coming coming to everyone from Milwaukee, Wisconsin? Because I am not coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I am now back in Austin, Texas. I uh, since since we last talked, Kane. Okay, wait a second. I I I, I said I've been following your social media. I, when did this flight happen? How did you even get back to Texas? <laughs> I thought you were having a family trip in Wisconsin. What is going on? So, uh, and not to to you know, um, I mean, I feel like we have a long leash right now because we're all just sure. so buzzed and high and excited. So, uh, you know, indulge me for a moment. So after I, you know, recorded our podcast while walking around the Schlitz Park, <laughs> Park parking lot at whatever it was, 1130 midnight last night. Um, I went and um, met up with my best friend, Dave. I walked about a mile to uh, Brady street to, to see him. Mm. And uh, like my childhood best friend, you know, uh, you know, we grew up on the same block playing basketball in my driveway, um, playing NBA video games together, NBA live 95. If you want to see how old we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, so I had to see him. So I talked kind of with him for 30 minutes and then, um, met up with um, some of the, some of just my favorite people that I, I would not know if not for um, my following fandom, whatever of the bucks, whatever you call it is that I do. Um, so shout out to uh, you've heard guys, people probably heard me mention CJ and Kyle, um, Andy Gorzalski, who many people probably know. Andy is just always, like a man about town uh, of, of Milwaukee. He was, you know, largely behind the, the Mecca floor um, documentary and all the, like the restoration saving and turning into an art piece. Andy was all involved with that. I've gotten to know Andy a bit. Um, so I, I saw Andy, um, Jimmy, not the other Andy, but all these, all these people. Um, I saw Kevin Arnovitz last night who I've, I've gotten to know over the years in Vegas and just through, you know, admiration of his work. Um, Kevin, I literally saw Kevin after he filed his his like great game story of of last night's game. So he was at ease. He was also 
I had to leave uh, Milwaukee at like seven in the morning. So he was in, uh, you know, he was, he was relaxed. Kevin is a great guy. And, and I told him, you know, there's nothing I like more from a podcast perspective when Zach, when Zach Lowe and Kevin do like well, any podcast together, but, but especially when they do anything about the Bucks, like, I feel like they understand like the rhythms and quirks and uniqueness of the Bucks as a team, as an organization, as I think the fan base to a certain extent as well. So I, I saw Kevin. Um, so I just got to see like all these people that, you know, I've, I've gotten to, you know, know really if through, through my Bucks fandom and uh, shout out to Andy for giving me a, a Bucks shirt he made that I'm wearing right now. So basically I, I hang out with them. We, we, you know, uh, do a bunch of stuff for a while. I met, you know, I met some of their friends who also listen to uh, our podcast, which is just very humbling when someone is like, you know, like it's always embarrassing. Like, you know, someone's like, Hey, this is Frank Madden. He does lockdown bucks. And I'm always just like, this is going to be embarrassing when they're like, what the heck is that? Right. But then when they're actually like, Oh, awesome. I was listening to you on the way <laughs> on the drive over. It's like, Oh my God, like, this is so cool. Like, you know, the the numbers we see in our downloads like these are the real people and the awesome bucks fans behind this so um and and you know just had a chance to meet a couple people who just sort of recognized me um walking around uh, outside the game uh so shout out to everybody that you know uh that did that because it's obviously very humbling that anybody would know who i am just for talking about the Milwaukee bucks but but anyway i get home at 4 a.m um i showered I put on my shirt that Andy gave me. So I had some clean clothes <laughs> and I had a flight back to Austin at 7 a.m., 7.15. And I said, mm, flipped on ESPN. They were showing the second half of the game that was being replayed. I watched the second half of the game on TV. <laughs> and then uh, my mom drove me to the airport at 5.30. And um, I flew through Houston to Austin. And now I'm back in, uh, in at home. And um, I'm going to be driving back to... <laughs> to Milwaukee this weekend, which is just a long story. But, uh, but yeah, I'm unfortunately missing the parade, which I, I, I had gotten a, an advanced tip um, about, uh, and I knew that was going to happen. Um, and uh, uh, so I, I knew I was going to miss the, the parade, but, you know, I'll, I'll take it as consolation just seeing the Bucks win an NBA championship in person. That's pretty cool. Um, oh, and another person, met, actually a person I met for the very first time last night, uh, multiple time guest on Locked On Bucks, Dustin Godsey, Chief hmm. Marketing Officer of the Bucks. Um, you know, I've known Dustin through kind of Twitter and just what you know, kind of the the orbit of the Bucks for you know, a while. Um, but uh, Dustin's just a great guy, and I mean, what he's done for the organization. You know, you think about like the business side, the marketing side, the branding side. Um, has been just incredible. And the fact that the team has caught up and actually become a championship worthy team <laughs> as well is, is amazing. And, you know, I can't imagine the, the hours he's put in uh, these past two months around, you know, getting Deer District and all the stuff happening. Cause he's also chief CMO of, of Pfizer Forum too, beyond just the Bucks, <laughs> which is, which is a lot. So Dustin's, a, you know, uh, uh, just a great guy. And, you know, he joined the team in 2013. So people people always focus on Giannis and Chris, but Dustin actually also joined the team in 2013. So he showed up at the at the at the trough when they were a 15 win team, and I know Dustin has tweeted that you know when he when he was arriving here, people were warning him, you know, don't like don't 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 buy a house because you don't know if this team's going to be there in a couple of years. And uh, you know, I think that's the sort of thing. There's 
you know, there's a lot of people obviously that have worked really hard um, with the Bucks that, um, you know, you just have to feel great for them getting to experience that alongside the players last night. And I personally, I can't imagine as I am so engaged with this team as a fan, I couldn't, I can't even imagine what it would be like, like working for you know, a basketball organization, let alone like one that you loved growing up. Like to me, it's just like, it would just be fundamentally unhealthy. <laughs> like, to, to, I already sort of live and die with the team and I have no, you know, my, my livelihood is not tied to it. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So, so that's the long story of, of my last 24 hours. So basically I arrived in Milwaukee due to flight delays at 3am on Monday night, Tuesday morning. Uh, I got six hours of sleep, did a work day yesterday, went to Rocky Rococo. It was very important. Bucks game, Bucks celebration, shower, pack to the airport, slept a little bit on the plane. And um, now I'm talking to you again, Kane. I mean, what else could I do? I've, I've consumed some of the uh, podcasts, you know, that the reaction podcast, the, uh, you know, low post reaction, um, the uh, uh, greatest of all talk, our friends, Ben Golliver and Andrew Sharp, who exchanged messages with, who are, you know, are great guys, Yana, the, the Giannis Inc. dudes. Um, this was obviously something that they really enjoyed and, and, you know, they were kind of part of the ride with, with Giannis's great, great performance. So just so much great stuff to listen to. I've got, you know, We've, I will not run out of things to listen to and read about this and just bask in the glory of a Bucks championship anytime soon. And, um, you know, it's such a, uh, I forget if we've talked about this in podcast, but two, two, two summers ago after the Raptors series, um, I, I literally was just like, I, I don't want to, I have to detach from basketball, from NBA basketball. And I, so I, I wanted to fill up as much time as possible, but I listened to audiobooks when I travel, things like that. So, or, or audio stuff. So I got into audiobooks and I thought, what can I soak up the most time with? And I thought the game of Thrones series. <laughs> so I listened to about 200 hours of game of Thrones books over the course of the summer of 2019 to give me a respite from NBA basketball. And that was fun. Um, but winning an NBA championship and just, you know, soaking in, uh, in uh, in talk about how awesome the Milwaukee Bucks are and Giannis and his legacy, that I can't think of a more fun thing to do with my free time this summer. So so anyway, so that's my last twenty four hours, Kane. Uh, how about you? <laughs> Can we say slightly less uh, eventful? I I think that would be the the way to describe it. And I think you know eventually, just to to give some warning, we're going to get onto the Bucks here. I want to talk about Giannis. I want to talk about Drew Holiday. But no, we're still we're still on lockdown here in Melbourne. So I I spent the day, the game, everything by myself. I, I did listen to a bunch of podcasts. I did watch the second half replay as well. But um, no, it was it was not a very crazy night. Certainly not how I would have probably predicted. I would spend a night after the Bucks won an NBA championship, but it's all good. I absolutely was not complaining. I can tell you that. I went to bed very happy last night. All right, it's time for a quick note from rockauto.com. Now, Frank, our longtime sponsor of the podcast, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and then wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com and at home in your pocket. Save time and money using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain, car, a chain store 
or car dealership. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box today. Now we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Just listening to some of these podcasts and and watching the replay and watching the post-game interviews again and, and all the coverage, there's so many things that you pick up on that perhaps you didn't in the moment because you were distracted by something else. And I'm sure for you, Frank, being in the arena, there was there was lots of details that you were able to pick up on or you're going to continue to pick up on. But with Giannis in particular, clearly he is the talking point from this this series, from this team, from this game. And again, I mean, I just think of how differently this could have gone. And it's not to say that he was the only contributor on the night, but we spoke about it. The 50 points, the, the 17 for 19 from the free throw line and the defense, the block shots, and not just, yeah. not, not just the block shots that he was recorded, the, the couple of goaltends that he had and how, just how many times, <laughs> I mean, you talk about laying it all on the line and leaving it all out on the court. We heard stories afterwards about, you know, an IV and, and how dehydrated he really was and how exhausted he is because we always hear players say, well, I was exhausted. I was exhausted at the end of the game. Giannis physically could not do much more than he did. And to, to still put up that, that stat line, and I think this is something we've always associated with Giannis, but ultimately when it came down to it, when the Bucks needed to win a championship, there was just literally no one who wanted it more. And it's, it's, you can talk to all the, the ways that he did it with the jump shots, uh, the variety of ways that he was able to score in perhaps not his most dominant or traditional fashion in terms of just getting to the rim, dunking on everyone. He did it in different ways. He did it with everything on the line. Not only does that take massive balls to be able to do that in that situation, but it was also just effort. This guy just wanted it more. And I found it really interesting to see DeAndre Ayton, who clearly has taken massive steps in this postseason run, he's been incredible, but he did tail off the, as the longer this series went. But he even said in his post game that the Bucks were just willing to die out there. They just they just weren't going away. They were willing to leave everything on the line to win the championship. That was eye opening for him. And I think ultimately it's going to be a trademark of this team when we think about this 2021 championship team and the way they were able to continue to fight. And a lot of the times, again, it wasn't pretty. We spoke about this yesterday, but they just wanted it. They just wanted it more. And, and again, it starts with Giannis and his attitude and the way that he plays the game, where a lot of times you look at some of those chase down blocks and you, there was one time where he missed the chase down block on Booker, but then he's holding his back. And this has always been a, a trademark of Giannis where we've looked at him and said, dude, do you have to be doing that? Do you have to be trying to dunk on everyone with one minute left in a game that your team's winning by 25 points? We've always said this, you've got to hurt yourself. And sometimes you watch... You know, sort of cover your eyes when you watch Giannis play the game of basketball. But ultimately, that was the reason why this team had the identity it did. And that's the reason why he was able to drop 50 fucking points in a, in a title-clinching game. One thing that's come to mind a few times, but it, a thing that has sort of often escaped me as I've thought about the context of what Giannis has done is the fact that, and again, we talked about it so much in the week after, but when you think about this, this title run as 
you know, a, a script um, and the top, the, the, the many turns it had and the ultimate high that we experienced last night. Again, like we, we really can't lose sight of the low of seeing Giannis go down with what looked like a potentially, you know, long-term knee injury. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the, 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 the mere, his return, right. Like finding out he was not out for the season and then finding out he could play and then finding out he could dominate, um, was this sort of like progression of like, oh my God, it was like, you know, like the, the, the Vince McMahon gifts where he's progressively, you know, getting more interested or whatever the, the, the thing is. Um, more and interested is o- interesting way I put it, but yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then he eventually falls over backwards. <laughs> and, and last night, you know, 50 point uh, NBA finals game is definitely the fall over backwards in your chair moment um, of this analogy. But um but it really is amazing. I mean, if you had, if you wrote, read a, you know, if you read the script or you told someone like, Hey, what if this happened? You know, if, if we had that conversation, hell two months ago or six months ago, whatever, you know, we'd say it's stupid. Like he's, he's going to have a, you know, kind of up and down first series. And then, you know, they're going to have this absolute knockdown drag out with the, with the uh, nets and, you know, the drama there and they're going to be down three, two, and then they're going to dig deep. And, you know, Giannis is going to then have this just warrior game seven where, you know, he makes the, the, hits the big shot late in the overtime and, and then, oh yeah. And then he's going to, you know, be dominant again and then suffer what looks like a season ending injury. And then the team is going to pick up and somehow win without him. And then he's going to heroically come back in game one. And then he's going to, I mean, you know, the block, the alley-oop, and then this crowning achievement of the 50 point closeout game MVP performance. I mean, it is, it still seems like just a complete fantasy that a Bucks fan would write, you know? Um, and, and, and just to think about the, you know, the amplitude of, of going from that low to that high in whatever it was three weeks or whatever, um, it's still just, remarkable and and you know in the context of what he's done is just crazy and i think to another point you mentioned the fact that he was able to extend himself and it never seemed like he would look tired but he never played tired you know like yeah he would walk up and down the court sometimes and be he i think he learned how to conserve his energy in games maybe get up from falling down slowly (laughs) take his time at the free throw line um but his ability to in fourth quarters, offensively, defensively, when you needed him to be Giannis, he was always Giannis. You know, it was never like, oh, he's fatiguing. He can't, he can't, he just can't play 45 minutes or 42, but whatever it was, right? Even with the injuries and all those things happening, the cramping, the, you know, the calf muscle issue, which you know, was earlier in the Atlanta series, which I think carried on maybe more than people might have realized. So, yeah, I mean, I think I, I forget where, I forget who said it, but, you know, we kind of like, think about how players, you know, dominate. And um, maybe, I don't know if it was David Thorpe or I don't know who it was, but someone compared him to like, you know, there are like the cerebral guys who get by on guile and, you know, whatever. And the term used to, to, to um, kind of characterize Giannis was a warrior. And, you know, I, I don't want to do a disservice to, I think Giannis's intelligence and ability to use his many physical tools. Cause you know, um, <laughs> you know, uh, 
we are we should not uh you know forget the you know the James Hardens and 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 his stands and people like that who have tried to diminish sort of Giannis's skill and and intelligence and IQ on the court um but that really to me is like the the defining aspect of Giannis is just his the way he combines strength and perseverance and just you know the that never can never die mentality and just his relentlessness. And, you know, last night then showing that he can also bring that skill, like that push shot he hit that last shot he hit, you know, the jumpers in the fourth quarter, like, I mean, those are skill plays and, you know, I I just loved, I just loved that. I mean, bag Twitter, whatever we want to call the people that try to diminish what he does. Um, I mean, what a perfect way to shut all that up. And uh, one stat for you guys, um, I think Dean Dean started sort of po- pointed us towards this the other day, Dean Maniat, um, in, a, in a DM. But, you know, it's kind of looking, I think like Giannis in kind of non-paint restricted area, he was, I think, 38% last year. I think he was around the same number this year. In the playoffs, I think he was 48% in the paint non-restricted area. So think about those little jump hooks, mm-hmm. like that little push shot he hit late in the clock. Uh, last night in the fourth quarter, those little, you know, short mid-range fadeaways in the lane. Um, it, it's kind of interesting because, like, I, I feel like that's been a little underplayed because of all the focus on his free throws and his three-point shooting. Um, I think I think people have maybe lost sight of that a little bit because maybe you sort of just gloss over it or you, it's not a pure mid-range jumper, so people don't really think of it as as a real, like, skill-type type thing. But... But, uh, you know, we saw him working on that, that, that little Dirk step back in the lane, you know, high release jump shot. Um, you know, that was a, that was a weapon he had been, you know, really working on over the last year or so. And, uh, I think, you know, again, you just look at what he was able to do in the playoffs, how he was able to average 35 points a game. It's not just dunks, you know, in the, in the finals, like he did it through, through other things as well. And, um, you know, I think just, you think about what he will be able to do moving forward. I think that's certainly going to be a, a tool that it looks like he is, he has sharpened and will continue to be a weapon moving forward as, you know, again, I, I don't know that Giannis is going to, I'm curious kind of what this translates to in terms of like his regular season production and how he plays next year, but it's certainly just a, a new wrinkle and new weapon in his game that, you know, was hugely valuable. BetOnline.ag time now, Frank. Are you ready to look at championship odds for the 2022 NBA season? I'm sure the bucks are up there, but you can find NBA futures, NHL futures, NFL futures, MLB, UFC, MMA action, whatever you want. You can find it on BetOnline.ag. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I think it was a good point that you brought up just in general about the the exhaustion, I guess, or the way that he was able to manage that through games. This is going to be something I'm, I'm sure that will continue to be discussed, but I'll, I'll never forget the first media session we had with these guys and just basically asking, you know, what lessons did you learn? Because when you think about the low point 
of how last year ended and really the uncertainty of what it meant going forward, whether Giannis was going to sign the extension, whether Bud was going to keep his job. I mean, there were so many factors up in the air and, and really they were complicated by the fact that you didn't really know what to take from that whole bubble experience because the, it wasn't just that the Bucks got bounced from the playoffs. They just looked awful the whole time. So I think you would have been making a big mistake if you just wiped that clean and said, eh, let's just go back. We'll be fine. They didn't do that. They made significant changes in terms of the personnel and changed up the roster, but there was a significant mental change to the approach that this team took this regular season. And I think, again, we discussed it yesterday. I think just in general, the absolute absurdity of thinking about the fact that the Bucks could be NBA champions, I think, for me anyway, held it, held me back from thinking that it was actually going to be a reality until we got to the final minute of game six. So I always just assumed that something was going to go wrong. But these guys never panicked. And it was the first media session where Bud said, yeah, look, Giannis was pretty vocal. We spoke about it. He wants to play more. He wants to be more prepared for the playoffs. I understand I need to make more changes. I need to be more flexible. It might not be as dominant as what it's been in the past, but we're going to have to work through this. And I think... We've always spoke about the fact, not only do the Bucks have a plan B, do they have a plan C when things go wrong in the postseason, but overall, are they prepared to be in losing situations and find a way to win? And they just weren't. They weren't in the previous two years. They were so dominant that I don't think that they had any clue what to do when the pressure was ramped up. And, and I, I think it's understandable. It's explainable why that was the case. But they were just so damn good at what they did, whether it was defensively, whether it was offensively, that if that didn't work, then it's like, okay, well, we're just spinning wheels now. We don't actually know what we're doing. And I think that that was the biggest change from this team this year is that it, it, it felt like it could just be press conference talk. And it felt like that the whole way through until you got to the postseason and you started to see this team under some real adversity. And they found it from game one of the postseason. And look, it wasn't pretty, but they found a way through but you talk about the Brooklyn series, the Atlanta series, and obviously the NBA finals. I mean, this team was always on the back foot. They felt like they were always playing from behind, and yet they were able to deliver every single time, and they did it in different ways. And I do think that it started with Giannis, and when Bud brought up that conversation where Giannis said, look, things have to change. We have to do this. I have to be better prepared. I have to be prepared for the postseason, for what could go wrong, and how we can work our way through that. I just think it's significant, and uh, again, who knows what would have happened last year if there wasn't a bubble, if there was home court advantage, who knows what would have happened. But it's so funny. You, you think about the way that these things pan out and there's always a story. There's always a story for a championship team, particularly one like Milwaukee where they're, they're going up against a lot. There, there is some things that have to go right for a team like Milwaukee to win a championship. Of course, they have to have a legendary performance like they got from Giannis, but they certainly learned a lot of lessons. And I do think as much as we have given credit to Bud and said, look, he, he learned, he adjusted, he, he really went against what he's done for his whole career and became this really flexible, agile coach, despite the fact that you know he continued to get shit just because his name's Mike Budenholzer, but he really had changed and we saw it right throughout this season. But again, this is just another huge tick in the box of Giannis being one of the most unique superstars in the history of the game. Because there's just not that many guys that would do what Giannis did this year. You always refer to the the numbers that Zach Lowe points out there in terms of how he monitors the the screen setting for Giannis and the way that he's been used in in a variety of ways. And there's just not too many guys that would have welcomed in a player like Drew Holiday 
and would have and and look, he's got the relationship with Chris, but would have said, "Hey, Chris, look, I know I'm on an absolute heater here. I'm on my way to 50 points, but we're only up four points. There's there's just over a minute to go in this game six of the championship. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm going to run a dribble handoff. I'm going to set a screen, and I'm going to get you open for a jump shot. There's just not many superstars that would do that. And I think again, it's it's came from losing last year and building on that through this season. And I just think the way that they executed this whole plan was really, it was perfect. And, and it might not have ended up in the championship, but it sure as hell did, Frank. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it sort of always things like, you know, hey, w- would it be better in the abstract or more impressive if the Bucks just you know, steamrolled every playoff series and, and you know, go 16-0, 16-1, 16-2, whatever? Um, hey, sign me up for that, you know? Sign me up for that next year. Um, but I think I think we have to be realistic about just as much as the NBA, I think, generally drives towards what I would call true outcomes in terms of the better team, at least at that point of the season, is, is typically winning playoff series. Um, and, and obviously, as we saw this year, injuries, you know, across a number of series, you know, through through things in directions that, that obviously um, – you know, we don't know. We don't know if the Bucks could have beaten the Nets if Kyrie and, and Harden are all healthy, right? I mean, obviously, there's a good argument for they. They maybe they don't, right? Um, or or even the Suns. Do they even get past the Lakers in the first round, right? But I think that in in that struggle um, and in that randomness, I think there is something there's something about the game that, that I think you just have to embrace as well. And it, it, you know, and again, this is may sound self-serving because it's how the Bucks won a championship, but I think there's something like in the journey that, that makes it more meaningful that there was chance or at least, I mean, there's chance in every playoff run, but the fact that we can point to them and, and internalize them and understand them. Um, and in, and in many cases it wasn't, you know, it was, you know, chance some luck injuries things like that but then you know adversity and you you alluded to it but like the fact they did have to face adversity i think um it made what they accomplished more meaningful to to us as fans and hopefully you know what they experienced along the way like you know the net series going down in 2-0 if they win that series in seven but they split the first two games do they come back in the finals from 2-0 i don't know you know, um, and and I think it's it's okay to acknowledge that there was a lot of ran. There's there's always a lot of randomness in how these you know these playoff series go, and and ultimately in, in who who the champion is. But I think I think we also just need to be okay with that, right? I mean, it's kind of funny in in the U.S. Like people love March Madness in large part because it's random. You know, like they're they're one off games on neutral sites with a bunch of you know eighteen to twenty two year olds. And crazy stuff happens, and you know the best team does not always win. Usually, doesn't win. Probably, um, the NBA I think gets again to true outcomes. The better teams tend to win, um, and I think in this case again, I mean like you know, bitter James Harden fans uh, are going to sit around stewing and saying, "Well, Nets would have beaten the Bucks." Well, yeah, but you know you got a bunch of old injury plagued dudes, and James Harden's out of shape. And guess what happens when you're out of shape, and you know you don't take care of your body. You, know, you get strained hamstrings from playing basketball. <laughs> it's like them's the breaks, boys. Um, so that's one thing that that I've come to appreciate about this run is sort of just 
embracing the the chance of it all and and the adversity and, and kind of what you have to overcome because um because it, it, i think ultimately it does make it more special right it, it does i mean it, granted it probably took you know more time off my life than if they had just steamrolled everybody um but so so again you know some people might say well it, it wasn't the most impressive title in x years or whatever um I think ultimately, I think the way they finish off the Suns, the way they came back, um, I think this will be remembered as a, I, I don't, you know, I think the good news is like, especially, you know, after the net series, um, I think people will, I think people have moved past the oh, books are dumb. Like, why didn't they do this? You know, I think we're past that. I think the focus deservedly is on what the Bucks did, not what they didn't do. And I think the Suns showed that, you know, they were worthy competitors and worthy finalists themselves. And, you know, Giannis and his greatness, I think, have elevated what the Bucks have accomplished too, right? Because, you know, I mean, if the Bucks win a championship, or even if the Suns win a championship, because there's no Giannis on the Suns. If the Suns win a championship, I think it's more likely to be sort of thought as like, well, yeah, I mean, the Suns were, were good, but, you know, they weren't like a, it's not like a great team, right? And again, I don't know that the Bucks are going to be considered this like great historical team, probably not. But there is something that feels more fitting and right about it because, I mean, just everything about the way this this playoffs and the narrative was shifting over the past few weeks, it was like, this really was Giannis's playoffs, right? Just the drama, the ups, some some downs, uh, but mostly ups and just his elevated level of play, series to series, game to game. Um, I mean, to me, that just became more and more the story of these playoffs. What he did on both ends, he was the best, you know, offensive player and the best defensive player over these these full playoffs. and um, you know, ultimately when, when the, when that player is rewarded and he puts in just a, you know, historic performance to, to win the title. I mean, that's just a great, I think, I think that was one of the fun things to see that I think is being widely acknowledged that this is, this was a really good outcome. It's a great story for the league. And I think it's a, it's a good story in part, not just because Milwaukee small market winning and things like that. And they, you know, drafted their best player bubble, but Giannis was the story of these playoffs and, I think, I think even objective fans would say it would have felt weird, in some way, for Giannis not to be hoisting the championship trophy, the MVP trophy, at the end of the day. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, it's just uh, just an incredible story, and um, I, I, there's so many different, there's so so many different, I think, kind of follow up questions we can ask. We can probably save for for another time. Like I think we. I think, you know, there, there's some fun discussions to be had about, you know, has Giannis, uh, he, he himself, you know, had called Kevin Durant the best player in the world. Is he now the, the mantle carrier of that title? Um, has he, uh, you know, where, where are the Bucks? Where is Giannis in, in sort of Wisconsin sports hierarchy? You know, where, where are the Bucks now in, in that grand hierarchy of Wisconsin sports and in terms of championships and meaningfulness, some of, some of those things. Um, there are a lot of kind of fun sports talk radio discussions, which I will happily indulge Kane, uh, indulge in um, over the coming days and weeks. Um, because again, I think that's what, uh, I think that's what is part of what's so fun about winning a championship is, you know, um, there's so many dimensions of it that you can sort of unpack. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm eagerly anticipating, uh, you know, Buck's Twitter in particular uh, going on uh doing its uh, receipts checking and uh, calling out, you know, 
all the various fan bases that have, have wronged us and doubted us. Um, although let's be honest, some of the biggest doubting was from, <laughs> and I wasn't guilty of it at times too, of doubting this team was from our own sort of within. I'm thinking more of like the, you know, Chris Middleton doubting and, and some of that, um, which again, just seeing just again, the images of Chris today holding the championship trophy and, and all that just, man, it's just, it just still gets to me, but, um, but I don't know. I have, I have one question for you that I, I don't know if you've got anything else you, you want to end on. I have one kind of very random topic that I wanted to ask your opinion on um, and maybe put to the crowd, um, put to our listeners. But did you have anything else you wanted to talk about today? Not really. No, no. Uh, I was going to say there is, a, I'm sure there is a lot of Bucks fans that are potentially deleting some tweets. I will say that through the season, I got a lot of DMs and, and you, you can't delete the DMs. That's all I'm saying. I've still got them. <laughs> a lot of them related to Chris Milton. Those people know who they are, but they're not, they're not holding up very well um, right now, but no, I do have to get to work, Frank. So I'm only telling you that because I, I know that this could it could potentially drag out. So what, what, what's the question? I'm interested. So so we know the uh, a four one series win is called you know a gentleman sweep. Our our I friends our our friends at No Dunks slash the starters um, slash Basketball Jones uh, coined the uh, phrase the douchebag sweep when you lose mm-hmm. the first game and win the next four. So my question is, and, and Andy Bailey um, on Twitter actually asked the same one, but I was thinking about this last week. And I didn't want to bring it up because they hadn't won the championship yet. But um, he has a question, what happens when you lose the first two and then win four in a row? Bucks have been on both sides of that equation in the last three seasons now. Um, my, my suggestion, and I, I, I use this because I love the gift that it references. It's just, a, just always amuses me. Is do you call it, my, here's my suggestion. You can hate it. Uh, listeners, tell us what you think. Give us alternate options. Uh, how about the Undertaker sweep? <laughs> and then, and you know the gif I'm thinking of, the yeah. Undertaker, the wrestler. He's in the coffin. <laughs> he's dead, and then he pops up with the most, you know, I don't even know what you want to call it, what the look on his face is. But that, I just feel like, sort of summarizes the Bucks when they got down 2-0 twice in these playoffs. The first team to come back from two 2-0 deficits. Um, this team, uh, man, you think you think you've got them, and and they bounce up, they pop up, and their resiliency uh, has been remarkable. So, I'm that's what I'm going to go with for now. If somebody can think of something better than Undertaker sweep, uh, hit us up. But uh, you know, these are the things we can spend our time on this summer. Yeah, no, I I did. I think I mentioned at the top we we're going to talk about Drew Holiday, but listen, it, it felt it, it felt like this was another pod, and maybe the next week is just talking about Giannis. But there are so many good stories from this team, and this is the beauty of it. We're going to have no shortage of content here over the next few weeks, uh, as is the craziness of the NBA. Not only uh, Drew and Chris and Devin Booker jumping on a plane to go to Tokyo soon, but uh, the NBA draft is just around the corner. You can listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and odyssey uh, wherever you get your podcasts on the odyssey app you can hear it there that is running right now a couple of final final things here as we wrap it up frank first of all you'll be very happy with the fact that Giannis, with his 50 point performance that bumped him up over a 30 point average for his 21 postseason games which we know you love <laughs> which is even more remarkable when you consider he was injured there for one of those games as well so clearly uh, pretty nice there in a nice round 50 points and just in general Think about this playoff run. So they beat the Heat. So they exercised those demons from last year. In the second round, 
uh, trailing 2-0, then trailing 3-2. They beat the Game 7 hoodoo, which has haunted this franchise for a hell of a long time. In the Eastern Conference Finals, they win the Bogdanovich Bowl. And think about that. I mean, you know, beating Bogdan Bogdanovich, who was the talking point, was the talking point all season long. Everyone mocked the franchise for the way that that played out, despite the fact I don't think it was really their fault at all. And they beat that team in the Eastern Conference Finals and then in the NBA Finals again, trailing 2-0. They come back. We know how they lost in the Conference Finals against Toronto a couple of years ago after they were leading uh, 2-0 there. So to conquer all those demons, to be the NBA championship, NBA champions and have the little storyline in each of those uh, series was just awesome. But Frank, uh, I'm, I'm about to sprint out the door. My Olympic coverage has started. Thank goodness I didn't have a clash with Game 7. I don't have to worry about that. It's in the rear vision mirror. But we're going to continue to talk. We've got so many things to talk about. And thank you for, for staying awake. Thank you for fighting through this day to get this podcast up. Uh, hashtag team no sleep. Um, <laughs> I, I've never been happier to be completely sleep deprived. And um, I'm guessing I'm not the only one in the Milwaukee area and the world. If you're a Bucks fan, probably a lot of Bucks fans also just binging content <laughs> to, uh, to lap up all the, all the, 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 the and bask in the glory of, of what we saw last night. So. Shout out to you, Bucks fans. You guys, you guys deserve this. Well, you said it, Frank. I mean, the, the, the amount of messages I got was just ridiculous last night, actually, from people that listened to the show. And I, I don't think we, we typically like brag about numbers or anything like that, but I think over the last 30 days, we've had 250K downloads, which is just an, an absolutely ridiculous number. I, I, it's not to say that's 250,000 different people listening to the podcast, but a lot of the times I've said this, I like to pretend that no one listens to this show. And then when you look at the stats, I mean, it's just absurd. I guess this is what happens when you win an NBA championship, but... Um, it's a hell of a lot of fun, and we really appreciate it. We're going to keep rolling. The shows aren't going to stop. The parade's coming up. So many different stories to talk about. So stick with us on Locked On Bucks, and we'll keep celebrating this uh, show. And you can hit either Frank or myself up on Twitter. If you want us to talk about something specifically, hit Frank up with your names for what happens when you come back from... Uh, we probably Jones. need to do a mailbag. Got to do a mailbag soon. Yeah, we'll do a mailbag. That, that mailbag might last a week. That'll give us a week of content. So we'll roll <laughs> through that. But Frank, appreciate you. Appreciate everyone for listening again. Hopefully everyone stayed safe. Hopefully everyone is nursing those hangovers if you did decide to to have a drink, but I'm sure you'll be able to fire up again for the parade. So for Frank and myself, we'll catch you guys tomorrow.